Triple Zeros, I'm Josh Buckhalter. Follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. Website is clockersports.com. The email address is clockersports at gmail.com. You can also follow the pod on Facebook and Twitter at Three Zeros Pod. That's at the number three zeros and pod. Jumping into the NBA action because the NFL is on a bit of a two week stretch by week here as we get ramped up for the Super Bowl. Don't worry, we're going to talk about that. We're going to move that on to the back burner because we got such a long time until the actual game that I don't want to overload anybody with just uh, just you know redundant Super Bowl trivial talk and banter. But we will get into some stuff that's happened because the league was not quiet. Um, in in the lead up to the the waiting, the bye week, the rest up here, whatever you want to call it, uh, before we actually get into Super Bowl week. So, starting off with the NBA, the first thing that we have to talk about is something I've been kind of avoiding uh, for the past few episodes. Actually, is the cancellation of games. COVID has uh, run amok through the NBA, and honestly, it's not unexpected. I talked about this when the season was actually getting back uh, going. For the NBA to have gone through what they went through with the entire bubble down in Orlando and then to come back without any type of, of measurement to keep things uh, contained, be it a bubble or simply regional play where you just have teams playing against other teams in their in their general area, there seems to be a, a severe lack of communication. I understand that it was the players who did not want to do that same setup. It's the same thing that happened in baseball, and they got through it. And they'll get through this. It just seems like to go from everything that they went through and have it work so successfully to then come out with nothing is like the ultimate uh, case of the pendulum swinging back the other direction. Instead of finding that happy medium, they went because, like, again, I get it. Three months in a bubble was probably the most torturous thing for the guys, especially guys with families. Wouldn't imagine they want to do that for a regular season or an actual full regular season. I get that. But there has to be, like I said, travel schedule. Uh, I know they're doing a lot more of two games in a row. I get that. I know that they've done some things with scheduling. It just seems like that was asking for trouble. And so, uh, at last count, there was 23 games or so, 25, I believe, something like that, that have been canceled. The most games uh, that have been postponed, rather, the Wizards, the Grizzlies, uh, both tied with six. Then you have the Celtics and the Suns coming in with three. 23 of 30 teams have had at least one game postponed. Now, we saw this in the NFL, who went about things without any type of protocol in place in terms of uh, containment, other than making sure that guys were passing their tests and stuff like that, which is tier one. You know, that's that's basic level, you know, did you, did you wash your hands type level of stuff. I, I don't know what we expect. And we're, we just hit the quarter mark of the NBA season. And you've already lost 23 games. 23, uh, yeah, 23 games. So you've lost a quarter of a season's worth of games in terms of, for you know, for one franchise, obviously, not for an entire league. For one franchise, and you're only a quarter of the way through. You haven't even, if you were to quantify this as one team, they wouldn't even have played yet. That's not a good look, and it's not, it does not uh, foretell good things in the future. 
just to not act like there's going to be, or to act like there's not going to be some kind of repercussions to go about this with no type of protocol in place, with no serious measures to contain it. Again, I'm not saying you go back to a bubble, but you have to have some kind of of, of extra, be it be it play. There was a lot of these games were were due to a lack of of players available, not necessarily because they were worried about people catching. They just weren't enough bodies to put on the floor. You've got to do something about that. There's that this is this was. Hastily brought about, as you can imagine, with this quick turnaround to begin the season after finishing so late last year, last year. It's this is for a league that that typically handles things very well. They've had a few hiccups, uh, notably the China incident, but but this one as well in terms of just the execution and again having been such a, a, a bright example of how to go about this if you were going to be as strict as possible, right? The most strict with with I think some kind of Nah, it's just a strict because you had to be down there all the time. Otherwise, you were you were messed up. <laughs> so that was strict. But they, they showed you how to do it. And again, they just went completely oppo. We talked about this with, with coaching hires on the last episode. Going too oppo can definitely backfire on you. And I, I think the NBA is kind of seeing that. Now, again, they, they did put some measures in place. But clearly... I, it, it doesn't look like enough was done. You could say that it's good that they got through this without, you know, more games being lost. You could say that uh, it's no big deal at all, whatever the case may be. All I'm telling you is, if you quantify this as there was literally enough games for an entire franchise to not have played yet this season. That's a problem. Oh, and then some. And then some. So, yeah, that's not a good look. Not, not uh, again, does not bode well for the rest of the regular season trying to get all these games in. But, as they say, whatever. Uh, moving on, the Philadelphia 76ers took down the Los Angeles Lakers the other night on a last-minute heroic shot by uh, Tobias Harris, my boy, Colwell. Um But that wasn't the big story. Now, it was a big story. But the big story out of this game was Joel Embiid taking a foul from LeBron James near the basket in which LeBron... Pushed him while he was in midair. Uh, Embiid fell hard on his back, was writhing around in pain. Uh, ultimately, I believe he'll, he's is to be okay. But you know, Embiid's dealt with back issues his whole career. Embiid's dealt with a lot of issues his whole career, but he's got back among them. And the the uproar is the fact that LeBron was not ejected from the game. Embiid took to the podium to say. As much that had he been the one to commit the foul, that he easily would have been uh, kicked out of the game and it wouldn't have been a question about it. I agree. I, I don't know how uh, you could say otherwise because, you know, he pushed him in midair. Like, this is a flagrant two, easy, a easy call. And this was a veteran no call in terms of LeBron. I don't know uh, how much. It, you could you could say that he intended to hurt him. He, he, I don't think he intended to hurt him. So that that's probably why they just stuck with the flagrant one. But in that position that Embiid was in, again, he's in midair, flight, no no contact with the ground whatsoever, full extension from the arm. I'm not sure what other possible outcome there could have been in that situation, and that is what would have led me to assessing it as a flagrant two again. I'm not a referee, so probably some some kind of guideline preventing that. 
but I'm I I totally understand why there's some some dispute here, some upset people over the lack of a of a harsher penalty on LeBron. And I definitely hear Embiid when he says if he'd have pulled it on LeBron, he'd have been ejected. Because damn it, that's if that ain't the truth, I'm not sure what else is. Now, back to this Tobias Harris shot. Shea Gumake of Go Look and Gumake uh, in on ESPN today was speaking about a prediction she made, or an assertion she made rather, uh, after that victory that this was a a momentum building win for the 76 something they can carry with them into the late into the season hopefully into a playoff run and a deep playoff run at that and if i thought about tobias harris and hitting that shot and about how much the conversation around him last season was how he was overpaid and then i think about the fact that you got a ben simmons a guy who is i don't want to say a versus scoring but he damn sure seems allergic to it. And I thought about the fact that Tobias Harris, as again, a player who I, I like, one of my top guys, he is probably my uh, my my Josh Smith of this generation, right? Um, to have a guy like that who is a walking bucket paired with Ben Simmons should be a perfect match. So... And this is probably more harking back to something that I talked about way back when about my thoughts on Brett Brown. It seems to me more of an issue of just not finding a way to get all these pieces to work. The one that is obviously concerned is the big one, Embiid and Simmons, because of the lack of outside shooting that Simmons provides to open things up for Embiid. And Embiid's sheer dominance means that you can't not use him properly, right? You'd be a fool not to. But there still seems to be a lack of, or there seemed to be, maybe Doc is finding that out now as they're they're rolling. But it seems to be that there's some kind of a lack of of an, a proper plan on how to use those two to keep the floor back. I and and I don't I'm not gonna sit here and act like I watch all Philadelphia 76ers games. That would be a complete total lie. I just know that Tobias Harris is a much better player than what we saw last season when he was trying to carry the load. In the playoffs, especially um, scoring wise, and probably ex- extended beyond his capabilities in terms of trying to be a playmaker and do other things on the floor. If he's able to just be contained or limited, whatever, in the scope of being a scorer and being that bucket getter, he could do stuff like what he did the other night routinely. If Ben Simmons is able to consistently just have to be a table setter for him and 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 Embiid. This team can make that deep playoff run. That's what that's what stuck stuck out to me, stood out to me the most after that shot, and then hearing uh, Shanae Gumake say what she said on the radio. It can be over the Lakers, a team who the, the defending champions. Let's come on now, let's quit playing. Defending champs, you can say what you want about the validity validity of that championship, but they won it. Nobody else won it. The Sixers didn't even make it to get a chance to. They didn't even meet it. They didn't even see it. Hadn't even seen it. They, they definitely can be a moment. We'll see. Obviously, it's, there's, again, just a quarter mark. So much time to go. So many injuries to be had. Because <laughs> they're coming. But, yeah, that, 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 that definitely can be a momentum builder. And it definitely 
is a reminder of what Tobias Harris is. The bucket getter. That's what he is. Don't look at him outside of that school. Just understand and respect. You can look at the salary. Salary been paid. Whatever. What that I've I've always felt like we do too much hand wringing over a salary. First of all, it's not your money. Stop counting other people's pockets. Period. The, the guy spending it, you you didn't spend it, and they're not spending it on you. You don't need to worry about it. But on top of that, I think we forget that just because the person doesn't do all the stuff we think somebody who makes that amount should do doesn't mean they don't do something really well or better than somebody else to the point where that's why they get it. Just, I think he might be a closer child for that because I, I really do like his game and what he brings to the table. But I do know that he has his limitations as a player and, and ex- at least in what you want him to do um, for an extended period of time. Other Eastern Conference news, the Brooklyn Nets are reportedly in the market for a a big man, their interior defense has been woeful. DeAndre Jordan, who Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving cape for, uh, has not been the defender that anyone needs. I mean, anyone. And we talk about a lot of teams who could use some interior protection, and he just ain't it. That's, it's, it's gone. Um, but as you expect, with the player whose game was based largely on his athleticism. And so the rumored name is DeAndre Jordan of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers have about 511 big men. Um, all of them veterans, and that team is young and probably not ready to win anything, like not even probably, like they're not ready to win anything. So those big men are more than likely in search of a better home, a chance to compete for a championship, a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs at the very least. You put DeAndre Jordan, who would join the Brooklyn Nets uh, following a a reported buyout that is – supposed inevitability at this point you put him with kevin durant who is forget my uh, my 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 prediction of him winning you know comeback player of the year he's in the running for mvp which is probably why lebron has tried to make his case a little bit stronger for mvp we're not we'll talk about that next episode the battle for mvp LBJ versus KD. Ooh, that might be that might have to be a clock of sports article too. We'll see. We'll see. Might just parse that one out and then stretch it because that that's a good topic. I think they I think these two guys are are consciously. I know LeBron knows <laughs> that KD is getting some MVP love, and so I also know that that probably means that KD knows LeBron knows. So th- this is this is. Cerebral. We're not even talking about just two basketball. We're talking about two guys who are very aware of their image and more so the image as basketball players. Like specifically in that they want to be known as the best and they're going to go out there and put on a show to try to secure that. We know LeBron was a little bit salty about his MVP positioning uh, from last year. And like I said, I predicted Katie to win or to have some, some comeback player love. Which they don't do. Uh, but... We could see this man win MVP on a team that could go from not worse, but you know, bottom rung playoff team to finals, Eastern Finals representative. That's my pick. That's who I got coming out of the East. KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Come on, now that why wouldn't you pick that? I don't know who else you're picking. They stay healthy. <laughs> I don't know who who is beating that team in seven. We could talk about them not being enough defense, which I had. I thought. I thought. Thought wrong. You know, the thing about defense is 
you only have to play so much when you can outscore everybody. Now, they struggled. There's been some ups and downs, especially when Kyrie came back. But again, we're just at the quarter mark of the season. Let, check back at the, at the All-Star break. Let's see what that's, let's see what's going on then. We got problems then, then there, there's some deeper issues. And there's going to be some problems. We know chemistry is a big issue in the first year. Anytime one of these super teams comes together, we saw it with the Clippers last year. We saw it with the Lakers the year before. Those, that was injuries more than anything. But we've seen it. We've seen, we see it every time. Saw it with LeBron's heat when he first went down to Miami. You're going to see it probably with this Brooklyn Nets team, except that here's the thing. There's nobody else in the East that's even close to as talented as they are. There's some better teams right now. That's why I said let's check where they are at the All-Star break. That'll be a much better indicator of if they actually have the chops to make a, 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 a pose a serious threat to the Lakers because it's the Lakers. It's going to be the Lakers. Clippers, I, I like what the Clippers have done this offseason. Maybe they'll, they'll, I think they'll make it to the finals this season, the, the Western Conference finals. But I, I don't know. Lake, Lakers got better too. I hope, hopefully, we get what we deserve. And that, that's that L.A., all L.A. Western Conference, and we'll get a Brooklyn. Who do you want to see in the, in the East? Boston? and I, It has to be Boston, but I don't know if I want to see Milwaukee again. I'm kind of tired of seeing the one-trick pony. Milwaukee gets dashed out pretty easily. Um, I would love to see Brooklyn versus Boston and see every and fully healthy Boston and see how all that works out. That'd be great. Switching gears over to the NFL, like I said, we had to touch on a few things. You got uh, Super Bowl coming up, and it's being billed, and I know you've seen the meme floating around on social media, as Yoda versus Grogu, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Yoda, obviously. Star Wars love here. Um, Yoda is the old, wise creature. I'm not even sure what the, what the, what the species is. I'm, I'm not, admittedly, I am not a Star Wars buff here. Right, but I'm aware. I'm conscious of the events that take place. I know the characters. I am just not gonna. You're not gonna get me some. You're not gonna get no no uh, deep dive knowledge. <laughs> right? We're not. We're not getting into the weeds on this. Uh, Grogu, obviously, the lovable character from The Mandalorian. And if you didn't know that by now, I'm sorry that you've been living under a rock for the past year. Here's the thing about this one, though. I, for the longest, was was really excited about seeing a Tom or a Patrick Mahomes because I I assumed it would be the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. I thought the league wanted that. I thought we were going to get that with the way the Packers were playing. But then when they matched up with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after the Buccaneers got past the Saints, right, and that was a problem too. Going to that game, we talked about that being. A, a challenge to take down a team three times in one year. And the Saints found that out. And so when it became the Bucks and the Packers, I immediately thought, oh, well, here's the, here's where the, the Packers are going to have an issue because that consolidated offense, you know, it's, it's there's some contributors all around. You got the Tunyons, you got the Marquez Valdez Scantlings. But that offense is Devontae Addison, and Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers. It's a three-headed monster, and if you can disrupt that, then you have the recipe for success because there's not much they could do. And then you throw in the, the decision-making of the head coach and the quarterback, your Hall of Fame quarterback not scrambling. Now, listen, he's not picking up a first down or scoring a touchdown, but he can get you 3-4 and slide down and make for an easier play. 
I'm not sure that played into Matt LaFleur's decision to kick the field goal. It shouldn't have. Neither one was great. But the quarterback, or I'm sorry, but the coach, knowing who his quarterback is and not drawing up his best play on that fourth down for the season, and then getting up on the podium and saying, you know, hey, that's how basically the, you win some, you lose some attitude. That wouldn't sit well with me. Now, I say this as a disgruntled Bears fan, so I don't got much room to talk. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Perception is everything, and it didn't look good. Then you got Rodgers coming out saying he doesn't know this future holds. He backtracked a little bit, saying that no one knows pretty much uh, what the future is. But then he opened it back up saying that uh, – or he said that he, you know, he he plans on being in Green Bay because he, you know, the season that he had is in third. But then he opened it back up, saying that nobody knows what the future is again, and it almost felt like he was putting the the onus on the Packers that if they move him, that's on them, because you got the reports that he wants a new deal. No one knows what that necessarily means. We'll see. So once the poster child is out, now you got the original, like the actual poster child for the NFL and Tom Brady versus the next one, like they're. The Yoda versus Grogu is such an appropriate comparison, just in that it is the Spider-Man gif, but like a passing of the torch version. Not necessarily pointing them out for being the same and redundant, but pointing to each other like, hey, this is this is a cool moment. And it's been likened to seeing Michael Jordan play LeBron James. And that's a good one, too. But I don't think it's the same because we're seeing in... Mahomes, the talent married with the mind, with the coaching of an Andy Reid, who offensively rivals a Bill Belichick defensively. At the least, I would, I would imagine that's what people say, right? I mean, Bill has the, the wins, but Al, Andy's got the reputation and the, the tenure and the track record. And so I don't know if you could say that comparison because I don't think we've ever seen LeBron with that. And without knowing what Mahomes' talent would be. Now, I think he's tremendous talent anyway because we've seen his offense of reads fall short several times prior to this. I just don't know where the level of talent is outside of having all these skill position players that are dangerously fast. So I have to be honest here and just say I, I like it. It's a good one. I'm not sure if it's, it's apples to apples, but I definitely like the fact that we are getting the chance to see the last the last great, right, the last best in the game, take on the next best in the game, and uh, seriously, like, for for better or worse, a passing of the torch. Now, Brady said he's planning on playing the 45 a couple more years. He, what's fun, time out. <laughs> Let's talk about the Brady 45 thing for a second, because remember, when he first said it, he was like 39, 40. He was 40. And I was like, man, there's no way you're playing five more years, man. Come on, Tom, you're not playing... Tom Brady, now granted, he played like dog crap the second half of the championship game, but he was having a, a lower level MVP type, some some worthy of garnering some votes type season for the Bucks this year, got them to the playoffs, playoffs, right? So we're now just two years away from him talk, from him actually re- reaching the goal of playing the forty five. It seemed impossible to even fathom while he was talking about his avocado ice cream and how come he doesn't eat strawberries. Like, it's just, it's wild. But anyway, back to the story. This, this, 
what Brady has done, right? You talked about you saw the other thing, another comparison to LeBron, and this is it's it's this is why I didn't want to lead with this because there's so much trivial matter, so much rhetoric around this that it's a lot to sort through before you actually get to the meat of anything, any actual gameplay. The Brady and, and LeBron comparisons are funny because you also see it the other, like literally the other way around where <clears throat> Rogers was LeBron and <clears throat> Brady was Jordan. But now that it's the championship, and that's the, it's the Super Bowl rather, it's it's the reverse or it's flipped and Brady is now <laughs> LeBron to or Brady is now uh, Jordan to LeBron to Mahomes is LeBron. It's it's but but Brady is now LeBron in that he went to another team and still won. The rhetoric is going to be so thick that I can't I can't I can't I'm getting sidetracked here. Anyway. We thought Brady was was done, but he's got an MVP season with two years out from his from his goal. You got Patrick Mahomes, who in just his fourth year, his is already well on his way to being the best ever. And so, while I thought that this was the Super Bowl or the the Chiefs Packers was what the the NFL wanted, damn it, if this wasn't it all along, because you get again your previous golden boy with your new golden boy in the biggest game of the year. And, and oh, by the way, it'll be a home game for the first time for one of the participants. And guess who did that? Your original goal. Just to, just a little nod, a little nudge, you know, to, to the next guy. Hey, look what I did. That's insane. It's insane to think about what, what Brady's done. It's insane to think about how fast Mahomes has gotten to the point that he's gotten to. The rhetoric is going to be thick. The comparisons are always fun because you see it. You're going to see flip flops just to make the point. No matter who is what, it's always beneficial. Whatever it is, but just remember that what you're seeing here is a passing of the torch. Even though Brady's going to play for his two more years, even though. There's a good chance they meet again next year with all the weapons that are down there in Tampa. They got to figure some things out, but they got the money, I believe, and and the talent that's up there in in Kansas City. You're gonna. This is a, this is the past. This is it. This is the passing of the torch. You don't get these kind of moments that often in sports, if ever. And the NFL. It's perfect that it's happening in the NFL because of how condensed the season is by nature. Just just because, right? Fewest games, fewest amount of time, shortest amount of time, shortest career spans, and you get to witness a uh, uh, veritable passing of the torch in real time. Brady's not walking away. I would not expect him to walk away after this game. However, this is the moment where you can officially say, if you haven't already, it, this is the, the pass, especially for the for the for a Super Bowl. That's Brady's game. Ten Super Bowls. That's his game. You beat him for the Super Bowl. It's, it's kind of how Nick Foles ascended to the lore that he had, right? Except for Mahomes, would probably like actually have earned it. I get. I'm, I'm, I digress. Little, little uh, bitter bear fan resent, resentment there. Um, 
but yeah, this 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 game is going to be tremendous, and I can't wait to dig into it a little bit more uh, starting next episode. So, moving on though, around the rest of the league, Deshaun Watson is has reportedly officially requested a trade. Now, this was breaking news today, but even in the release or in the reports, it was stated that he actually made this request a couple of weeks ago. The big report here was that the new hiring of David Culley to be the head coach does not change that at all, and one would imagine it wouldn't. Not to disrespect David Culley, long-time veteran of the NFL, 30 years of experience, but there's no way in hell, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm going to watch you trade away all our assets for a first-round pick that's still leading the league or le- or close to the top of the league uh, in penalties. You're not going to trade my number one target for a running back who's been hurt, right, for the past two years, two, three years. You're, you're, oh, oh, on the, also, by the way, on the way out, he's, uh, you're, the head coach at the time slandered the guy who was a pillar of the community and did, okay, then you tell me, now here's the thing, reports were that he was upset that he was not included in the search for the general manager, which ended up being Nick Casario of the Patriots, and people were taking that as some diva stuff, and I thought to myself, that's funny, because I don't think, and it said, so I don't think I know, that he wasn't looking for his final say, he just wanted to be involved in the process, which, you know, is kind of what a franchise quarterback would want to be anyway. The issue, though, comes in really in that supposedly this is what he was promised and it was not delivered upon. That's where you have an issue and that's where the trust erodes and you're not going to get that back with the David Culley despite his longtime reputation and his his work with RG3 and, and, and uh, Lamar Jackson. It's not, it's not going to get it done. The wise thing for the Texans would be to move him now, rebuild, because you got to rebuild it anyway, because that roster's trash. You were trash last year. You're going to be trash for a few Get a king's ransom, ransack another team, build it from the ground up and however you want it to look, because your image is already hit. You already pulled the, the Houston curse off and, and have the superstar wanting to get out. Break clean, man. Don't, don't drag this out. It seems like two sides want to get it done. But ownership, Cal McNair is keeping it from happening. Don't do that. The longer you play this out, and I, I, I was on last episode saying that the longer it plays out, it's still for the best. And ultimately, I think I still believe that. But what, you're, what I didn't factor in was a possible raising of the temperature by either side because, you know, by either Deshaun saying what he did, you know, having this come out, or by ownership kind of standing firm and, 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 and shouting out their resistance to doing so, which they've done. This can push both sides to actually getting something or trying to force the hand of the other. And that's where you start seeing these packages for the for the Jets, the, the, the Dolphins, which I don't know if he wants to go to the Jets. And it got to the point that you're not even seeing the Bears involved and not even necessarily – Directly, but as a third party in which they'd end up getting a Tua Tagovailoa. This from uh, Bill, Bar- Bill Barnwell, I believe. This is a situation that anybody could have seen coming. And there aren't many paths out. The only way for Houston, not even to save face, but to just get themselves back into good graces is to make this right by him. You move him. Get what you can get. Get everything that you want. 
and just start the rebuild. Don't hold on. Don't try to. Don't try to. Because you've messed up every step of the way. So really, you're just one mess up from from undoing any good deed that you could do from now until you mess up again. Because you will mess up again because it's in your nature. It's in your nature. I speak all this stuff about the the, the difficulties going on there, and uh, there's quarterback moves going on all around the NFL. You got Matthew Stafford on. Uh, and agreeing to part ways mutually with the Detroit Lions. Reports are that he could end up in San Fran um, or Indianapolis. Carson Wentz is not going to stay. Uh, you got who else on the move? We don't know what's going to happen with Dak still. Now, the Stafford news is funny because it's brought up a lot of conversation of him going to Texas down there in Dallas playing for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, which would free up Dak Prescott. And here's the thing. While I love the the talks of going out and getting Deshaun Watson, if the Bears are able to find a way to get Dak Prescott on the free agent market, I will drive to O'Hare myself and pick him up. Dak Prescott, if you recall, was an MVP candidate himself last season before he got injured. Playing behind with a crap defense on the other side. You also have a possibility of a Derek Carr being available. Matt Ryan. Now, we're, we're clearly going down the, the ladder here in terms of interest, but they're available. And I wrote about this for last run pro football. The problem is for the Bears, as it was announced by Jake Glazer of Fox Sports, that they were going to be major, so big players in the quarterback market. The problem with that is for the Bears, being big players has often been a double-edged sword where, yes, Ryan Pace, nine times out of ten, is going to get his guy. The problem is, nine times out of ten, that guy's going to either be a dud and or he's going to overpay for him. Look what happened with Trubisky. Look what happened with Nick Foles. Hell, look what happened with Mike Glennon. Even though he got out of that deal after a year, he he signed him to it in the first place. It's not a good look. So it's, it's, I'm nervous about the fact they're going to be dipping in. They gave him the free reign. They I clearly have, have given him enough another year, at least on his contract, to line up with his head coach. We'll see where it goes. But I'm not overly excited about the fact that, uh, you know, it's been announced they're going to be big players. And I've seen how, you know, seeing how he's attacked that in the in the recent past, like the very recent past. We might have a return of the Diva wide receiver. Vikings rookie Justin Jefferson is out talking. Uh, he and DK Metcalf both released their top five wide receivers. They were both either two or three on their list. Top was Julio Jones. Uh, DK had himself second, I believe. Um, first of all, let me say, both of them disrespect my boy DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's the best, but they had him at like fourth and fifth or third and fifth, something like that. Horrible lists. But Justin Jefferson took it a step further and has actually been talking beyond that, uh, I won't say calling out, but specifically naming A.J. Brown, saying A.J. didn't have nearly as many yards as I had my first year. Um, while Brown quit back, you know, he's a fan, no lie. He said, I'm a fan, no lie. You, you're doing great, 1,400 yards is great. But you getting like 10 targets a game. Give me 10 targets. And I stopped and I thought about it like, I like this from Jefferson. He is oblivious of the situation, uh, 
unnecessarily capping at a receiver for like maybe there's a lead up to this. I didn't see it. It's just a, a standalone quote floating around social media, which means that it's completely harmless, right? That's totally how it happened. Context be damned. <laughs> but even still, I love it. It's not detrimental. He's not trash talking to a defense about to get his head cleaned off. Dance on the logo to the point where then he's got to come back and, and apologize a week later and say he's going to stop doing it for the betterment of the team. Blah, blah, blah. I love it. Friendly competition. Splash it up a little bit, man. I love it. Also, A.J. Brown is right. <laughs> because if A.J. Brown was getting 10 targets a game, he'd be killing too. He probably would have had 1,600 yards and like 12, 20 touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson Cole, I got a front row seat to it two games. Killer. Very good, very talented. AJ Brown is, a, is, a, is also, and I think he would do well to remember that. But again, it don't matter. It's defense or it's offense. They're not playing each other. That's just that was a good one. I love it. Bring bring back the diva wide receiver. Bring back the 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 good fun diva wide receiver where he's just it's just yapping because he thinks he's the best. It's not yapping for stupid stuff. It's good. Love it. I love it. Oh, that's a good one. That one. You did, 10 targets a game. Also, I, look, I'll, I'll also say this, and I'll, I'll end it at this. Jefferson is lucky he came in when he did with the Vikings because a couple of years ago, and even if they had their, their – their, if it went ideally for them this past year, he wouldn't have been getting no 10 targets a game. Just putting that out there. Just wanted to make sure that we are completely clear because I, I, I it sounds as though – you're hating, but it's not necessarily that he wouldn't demand them. It's just that the Vikings, we all know, are uh, a, a a run team, run first team by design. That or or that's what they want to be. It hasn't always worked out that way, you know. But they they definitely uh, have always wanted it to be that way. So I I just thought that it was all that's funny. I love it. I love that. I love that. Keep talking, Rook. Young man, he's not a rookie anymore, I guess, right? Or you, no, I think you're still, was it, you're still technically a rookie until the next season. Something along those lines. We'll see. Uh, but the quarterback here is still something I'm keeping an eye on. And more trash talk from these receivers, man. Keep it up. And also, uh, 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 just build up this build up to the Super Bowl. Get ready for some stupid trivia. You're going to get some dumb facts that you don't care about. And you're going to hear them, like, everywhere like it's brand new. I might break one. It might, it, you never know. Anything's possible. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh e. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com. Email address, clockersports at gmail.com. You can also follow the pod at Three Zeros Pod on Facebook and Twitter. That's the number three, zeros, and pod. Be sure to read the stuff. Last run of pro football just did the double-edged sword. Uh, being big players, a double-edged sword for Chicago Bears. We'll have one for Pippen and Easy coming out. That is uh, focusing on the big men in the Chicago Bulls stock watch um, with Wendell Carter going out, Daniel Gafford having to step up. What's that going to look like and what does that mean for both players going forward? Um, and then also, like I said earlier, the uh, once o'clock sports that probably will be coming out because I like the, the concept here of the KD LeBron MVP battle that is unfolding before your very eyes. So be on the lookout for all that or go check that one out. The last one already dropped uh, as well. So. Until the very next time, we'll be right